Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. We had amazing shows last week. Tuesday and Thursday were perfect. Great dialogue, amazing guests, unbelievable rhythm and flow. Everything you could want in a show. We keep getting bigger and bigger, growing, growing stronger. Um, I'm loving every second of it. And as everybody knows, we have a lot of big, big plans uh, coming up uh, for the future and announcements. Uh, but guys, uh, you know, I apologize. Uh, I was not able uh, to make it on air yesterday. I was not feeling well. So I wanted to make up yesterday's show uh, today. And then I'm going to do my show as usual uh, tomorrow, like scheduled as always. Um, but yeah, guys, I just, you know, it's, it's been quite the, uh, the, the, the week, even the weekend. Ever, ever since we've been off air, uh, it's been headline after headline, story after story. I can't keep up with it all. It's driving me nuts every single day. And it, you, like you have all these different outlets, all these different sources, all these different, you know, just, it's a, and a lot of it's propaganda. You know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of real stuff out there, but it, there are so many people that are getting the, the wrong message and mixed signals and, 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 and just not the real truth. Um, and you know what, being, wherever you are, I hope you're staying safe, everybody. I, I hope you're keeping busy. I hope you're being productive. I hope you're, you know, spending lots of time, lots of, lots of time with your family, not taking anything for granted. Uh, we're seeing, I, I can't even believe, uh, oh, what was it? Over a thousand people died yesterday in the United States. Um, you know, there, there's obviously some good news, uh, in places like Italy where the, the, the death toll is dropping. Uh, drastically. Same with ER visits. Um, other places have dropped drastically. New York uh, just said they were down, what, 75%? I think it dropped uh, with, uh, with cases. So, you know, uh, we're, we're making improvements. I think a lot of people, m you know, majority uh, of Americans are obeying, abiding uh, by what, what they should be. Uh, you know, uh, this is this is not a um, a time to joke around or, or or take any chances on anything. You know, we're, we're living. Uh, I've been I've been around 29 years. I've never seen businesses and ghost towns like it. I've, I've people wearing masks. I mean, people scared to even stand next to each other, shake anybody's hand. I mean, and, and this whole. You know, we're going to get into a lot of this tonight. I, you know, before I get into my opening rants, obviously, I want to introduce the panel. But first and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Uh, you guys are all absolutely fantastic. Uh, I could not do it without you. The show is listened to in 25 countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, I need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, The Next NEX. Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com. Also, mark your calendars, April 19th. I will be starting at Salem Radio Network. Very big uh, station. You got many big names. Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Sebastian Gorka. Um, what, what's the other really, really big one? Uh, Mark Levin. It goes on. The list goes on. I just feel very fortunate and blessed and lucky to get involved with such a credible and, and 
high, you know, um, just, just, just such a, it's the best station anybody could ask for. You know, it doesn't get any better than Salem. You know, that's, that's the top of the line. Um, and I, you know, over two years ago, as everybody knows, I picked up the mic and, um, you know, it just became a routine for me. It became part of who I am, part of my livelihood, you know, it's it, natural. You know, I, I was born for this and here we are another week, episode 254. What are the chances guys? What are the chances? Um, but yeah, you know, guys, I, um, obviously I, I, you know, I hope, um, any, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of stories, uh, and I, and I've been, you know, in tears at, at certain points. I've, I've heard, you know, people's friends dying. There's been people, um, that I know that have relatives that I don't direct, I don't directly know them, but there are, there are people that I know that have relatives that have died from this. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's what a, what a weird time. I've never seen anything like it, but anyways, I want to, uh, introduced to the uh, the panel, uh, retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Falsey. Michael, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Good, Roy. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure being here. Lots of stuff to get into tonight. I'm uh, looking forward to talking a little bit about this uh, unwanted enemy that somebody bestowed upon us. But uh, uh, thanks again, and uh, I look forward to it. Absolutely. Always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Um, I do want to welcome uh, the host of the Jim Price Show. Um, I believe he's on five days weekly. You can catch him. Great program. Gives great insight. Great value. Very doing a lot of big things right now. How you doing, man? Good, good, sir. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, we're doing uh, a you know Monday through Friday an hour daily radio again. So we're everything current, but then do the big one the week. Man, we're we live in right now where we've all we've all this big warm blanket of fear and we have to be rational about what we're saying and doing and how far we're willing to go so many I, things that we're looking at right now within our city and our councils that city councils and governors and mayors and all this stuff just taking away rights by saying you know what we're going to pick and choose and losers so your business doesn't and that's dangerous so it worries me a lot so we'll talk about it more Absolutely. Well, really good to have you here. And tell everybody where they can catch your show, Jim. Yeah, it's uh, the Jim Show on Twitter. You're cutting out a little bit. Uh, you can catch. Oh, what's that? You were cutting oh, out for a second. Uh, now I can, can hear you better. That it should. Uh, <laughs> we've had uh, we've had some uh, outages in this. Tonight. Much better. Much better now, Jim. Much better. Okay. Sorry about that. Show on. Uh, Book, you uh, also on iTunes to catch on there, so you can get just about any major platform. And uh, look forward to seeing people out there like, comment, and share the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, glad you could join us. Uh, definitely a lot to get into. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. Josh, what's up, buddy? Hi, Rory. How are you? Thank you for having me again. Uh, there's so much happening right now that we could probably do a two-hour show pretty much every day just to keep up with it. Um, you know, and congrats again on, on getting on with Salem Radio. You know, that's big-time stuff, and I love seeing people, you know, like you, you know, pursuing your dreams and being successful. You know, it's always a, it's always a great thing to see, and I love seeing people live out their dreams, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Congrats again. Yeah, man. I'll tell 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I just love what I do, man. I love shining light. I love giving insight to the world. I love, you know, speaking my voice and, and utilizing these platforms. And I don't even consider this work, you know what I mean? Oh, no doubt. People say it to me all the time, you know, because, you know, I own, a, I own two gyms, one here in Phoenix and Oceanside, California. And, you know, it's like I've always loved being around my, my people, you know, and it's like, it's like I go to work. I'm there 12 hours a day. It feels like six. You know, it feels like I'm, I'm not really working, you know. So it's, it's a great thing. It's why I tell people, find what you love and follow through passionately and be successful at it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the same thing with my app business. I love building apps. You know, I, I, you know, I don't consider that work because I love it so much. And it's, it's phenomenal money. It's amazing money. And, you know, it, it, there's just things that I think everybody needs to find their niche. Everybody needs to find what they love, what their passion is. You know, don't stay somewhere where you're miserable. You know, do because yes. if anybody follows their dreams and they work hard enough and they want it bad enough, it'll happen. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. fulfill. They'll fulfill it. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I believe that. I believe that. And that's, uh, like I said, it's always great to see, man. Absolutely. Well, glad you could join us a lot, lot to get into headline after headline, buddy. So let's, let's make it happen. Let's do it. All righty. Um, everybody, um, I, you know, I, I was, I was just going to say, you know, I, before I get into the opening rants, I'm seeing a lot of irresponsible people. Not, I'm not going to, okay. How do, I'm going to rephrase that a little bit. I'm not gonna, I don't want to use the term a lot, but there's quite a few, but I, I would say majority are following the rules, but there's quite a few people out there with this whole Corona thing that don't give a shit if they take it home to one of their elderly relatives. I mean, these people are still trying to go out, big gatherings, party it up, you know, being reckless, not thinking about, you know, any, anybody else but themselves. And this is how this, these kind, kind of things spread. If, if people, if every single person would just listen, this would have been over in my opinion. But th they don't. That's why it spreads like wildfire. Um, obviously, corona is the main topic tonight. Uh, it is now time for Rory Rants. So what I'll do is I'll get into the very small stuff, uh, you know, that's kind of we kind of haven't been notified notified of or, 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 you know, alerted of because we've been so distracted with this corona situation. So let, let's get into this real quick. First of all, one of the big things that's going on right now, and this is totally uh, a huge, huge problem, and it's never gone away. It's been going on for as long as I can remember. The, the voter fraud. I mean, you've got so many different variables of how voter fraud is, is operated and, and how it's done. Um, dead people voting, illegals voting, uh, people voting multiple times. There, there's numerous things. And now the new fixation uh, for Democrats, you know, is not having people show ID. I mean, think about it. Think about how ludicrous that sounds. The Democrat Kentucky governor, and there's other, a lot of other Democrats trying to push this, he just signed a, a veto that, that he, he vetoed a mandatory voter ID uh, law for 2020 election. So in other words, the people in Kentucky don't have to show ID at the ballot box in 2020. He, ve he vetoed. Can you believe that? He vetoed something that is, you know, Absolutely, it's it's the moral. I mean, ethically, can you can you can you imagine if 
if a Republican tried to do something like this? I mean, it's beyond unethical. It's, it's beyond immoral. It, it's beyond what our country stands for in Western civilization and in our constitution and our, and our you know, values. We are a nation of laws, rules, fairness, freedom, security, not, not a bunch of animals trying to take over you know, our, our constitutional republic. That's not what we're about. And that's what these radical left-wing politicians are doing. And this is a perfect time for them to do it because everybody is so focused and scared about corona, they're vulnerable as hell. But that's not the only thing they're pushing with more uh, voter, uh, voter ID fraud. Uh, no, with, with voter fraud. The other thing they're pushing is the mail-in ballots. The mail-in ballots are a big, big way and the easiest way on the face of the earth for anything to be rigged. And guess who controls the majority of the areas where these ballots would be handled? Democrats. And you know what they're going to do. They know Joe Biden doesn't have a prayer. Nancy Pelosi is talking about in the next bill, she wants to make it mandatory that it's mail-in ballots only. And her excuse, her justification, even though November is what? um, Nine months away? I mean, you know, Correct me if my math is wrong, but it's a long time away, and she's trying to say it's for people's safety and health. Well, the last time I checked, uh, we're supposed to kick this thing to the curb in the next month or two, uh, this whole corona thing, and everybody's supposed to be back working and living a normal life. Does Nancy Pelosi actually think that the everyday worker plans on being inside until November? I don't think so. I don't think so. And even, even, you know, even some of the, the elections coming up in the next couple of weeks, wear masks. You go to the grocery store, you wear masks. Everywhere you go, you wear a mask. It's the same thing if you're going in line and voting. I don't see, you know, and, and, and people want to say this is like a, 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 putting people in harm's way. How? How? I mean, you, that's the, to do things right, to do things proper, to do things that are actually part uh, of our of our society, you know, to, to be a law-abiding citizen, I, do you ha- I mean, this is like, I can't even, you know, I can't even. And people are trying to protest. People are trying to protest. Democrats are trying to protest this whole scenario. They're, they're saying, oh, well, why can't we stay home? Why do we have to go out there? Trump's you know, Trump's making this all about himself. He's making this about his whole re-election. He's, he's making this about him. You know, it's, it's so absurd. Because obviously we want to win back the House in 2020. We want to win back. We want to keep the Senate in 2020. Um, I think we're going to gain even more seats in the Senate in 2020. And obviously we'll win back the House. But, you know, this is – look at the timing. Something always happens during election season. And it's usually the Democrats who cause it to try to push their agenda. Anybody who's a true patriot, anybody who, who cares about, you know, our future is going to go out there and vote. And they're going to do whatever they can to. They're not going to mail in their ballots if they really care about, you know, you know if they really care about their voice and, and what, you know, how they want to do things. That's how, that's how you do it most securely is in person. And think about how many – think about all the felons that the Democrats want to get to vote for them and all these people that could just and, – and where, where are these 
I mean, think about all the random ballots and all these random ones that could just pop up. It happened in the last election. Don't forget, in places like California, all these different areas, there were ballots that popped up out of nowhere, and they still counted them, and they were all mostly for Democrats. And, you know, there was many examples of how certain areas should have never gone Democrat. One being a strong example is Orange County. Orange County has always been Republican, but this last 2018 uh, you know, election cycle, it went Democrat. And after the fact, they, there was proven major voter fraud that, that actually was the deciding factor in that election. There was no way that people in Orange County and Newport Beach in those areas are, are voting. You know, it, it, there's no way they're voting for radical communism. You only get that if you go up to places like L.A. and, and though, you know, up there. But when you get down south more and more, no. No, you know, that's Newport Beach, Orange County, perhaps the most conservative area in California. Absolutely, without a doubt. But, you know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but this whole mail-in ballot thing, it's just another, it's, another, it's a part of the world order. Uh, George Soros is behind it, too. Uh, it was just reported the other day. He's throwing tons of money um, into this, a tons. Uh, he, wants, he wants this to be a, a huge part uh, of the 2020 cycle. And, um, you know, he wants, yeah, he wants, and, and he wants prisoners released and for them to vote. And, you know, he's, all of these groups, you know, the, the ACLU, I mean, people want to say the ACLU is some great organization and it does all this amazing God work for people. No, it doesn't. It's funded by George Soros, and all they do is play the victim and play the race card, and they try to, you know, they screw with our elections. I mean, that's, in my strong opinion, I think the ACLU, I think that one of the biggest issues with them, I mean, among so many other things, is the way they interfere with our elections. By, however, they have different strategies. They've got different things up their sleeve that they're trying to push forward. And don't forget, these, these cocksuckers, excuse my French, are behind groups like Black Lives Matter, all these smelly feminists, you know, all these idiots, the, the, the chicks with dicks, the, the hundred different genders, all that shit. They're behind all of it, man. And you got George Soros funding them. You got George Soros trying to get involved with these elections. I mean, you, you've got all these people with all this money influencing our government, you know, and politicians. They're, they're so weak. You give them, you know, but... I mean, I, who, how could I talk or how could anybody else talk? I mean, if you're given so much money by some of these high-end people, you know, 90% of, of, of D.C. Is, is, is corrupt, has ties with some sort of person like George Charles. Not all of them, but they're, you know, whether it's foreign entities, whether it's, you know, um, I don't know. Like, it, it, it is, though. It's a huge, these, these, the lobbyist groups, the dirty donors, the special interests. You name it, it goes on. And here's the biggest problem I talk about on my show all the time. The swamp is so deep because it's been built, oh, you know, higher and higher for years and years without being drained. And Trump's done a good job about diminishing and, and, and getting rid of a lot of it. But, you know, it, it's, not, it's not even close to being fully gone. There's still people in our government every single day that are taking advantage going behind closed doors, making shady deals, completely, you know, we know this. Because if you get away with one thing, you're getting away with millions of others. You know, we, we, we just only happened to find out about, you know, some of these revelations 
from, you know, the World Health Organization or Fauci or, you know, because Fauci's a crook. He's a corrupt son of a, you know, but I, yeah, yeah, we all know his story with Bill Gates and, and all these people. You know, I, I think, I really think we are, we are living in something that is so much more co- complex and way more to the story because I, I just, I, I, I'm really having a hard time with this. I'm really having a hard time because we just had the best economy ever. We've had the greatest – America is more powerful than ever. Our military, trade, job numbers, and then all of a sudden, you know, there, there's all this vengeance for Trump. There's all this hate for Trump. And then you have these elites, and I'm saying people like George Soros and whoever in Washington, that, you know, the anti-Trumpers, they, they, they get together and, then they, they talk. And they, and they see, you know, they, they're on to something next always. It's always a new fixation or obsession. If something doesn't click or work, they'll go to something else and, until something sticks. You know, this is – I, I believe that this whole virus, like, like the researchers said in China, 95% of it could have been contained by the Chinese government. China felt so betrayed and defeated by, by Trump that they felt that they had to send a message. And I strongly believe that because here's how I view this. Well, people want to ask me, well, Rory, what about the other countries that were affected? Okay. Uh, who, who's the main big country that pretty much everybody relies on and everybody's always heavily focused on and, and pretty much gets a lot of their money from the USA. When the USA goes down, the rest of the world usually, usually suffers. Think about it, guys. We are the most powerful, most economical, wealthy country to ever exist. And there's a lot of countries right now hurting because we're hurting. But, you know, just look at the timing. The the, the distraction from the Ukraine thing, the Bidens, um, you know, the DOJ, uh, the fake Mueller witch hunt, the fake Ukraine call. I mean, what else? They have nothing. These people have nothing. Um, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, we're seeing um, how China, their lies and their deception and their reckless behavior costed the U.S. 10 million jobs in just two weeks. If, if that's not payback, then I don't know what is. They, they, they got us. That's for damn sure. 10 million jobs in two weeks. You know what? And this is what Trump was saying about their leaders. Their leaders may be corrupt, but their leaders are extremely, the word cunning. Go look it up if you don't know what it means. They're more cunning than us. Kind of like clever. They're more slick. They, they know, they're just, they're ahead. Think about all the money. Think about all the technology. Think about everything advanced they have that we don't have. Think about their factories right now. Just a, like a month ago, their factories were done. They were having the worst year in like 70 years. And all of a sudden, their factories are now booming again. You know why? Because they're making products for all, for all these situations for corona. It, it, it's textbook. These people are evil but brilliant strategists. They've got, they're pretty much making a lot of their money back. Because think about it. The USA, they're not going to build all, these, all this stuff for as low of a cost as some, someplace like China. I mean, it's all part of the game. It's a merry-go-round, and it's not going to stop. Um, sorry, guys, I get on these, I get on these rants, and you know, I'll tell you, you know, it's it's a, uh, 
it, it's it's just you know I don't I don't like how um, during a crisis when we are the most vulnerable you have the left trying to push gun control, trying to push more voter fraud situations, trying to basically and martial law. That's another thing. You know, you got some of these states that aren't going to play any games. I mean, they they they're not. You know, they're going overboard, closing gun stores. Uh, New York uh, just gave Cuomo shit for that. Uh, closing gun stores, you can't do that. Um, there's even Democrats in certain states that are keeping them open. But I, I don't get how you can, in, in, a, in a state like New York, so big, so heavily populated, a lot of crime, how you could leave innocent civilians um, in a place like this. Uh, you know, this is, and this is the time when evil politicians, you know, Pursue things when you're vulnerable, when you're, when you're scared about your life, because this is what the media does. Don't forget, 97% of the media is controlled by Democrats, 97%. Yeah, conservatives get that 3%, and the media goes out of their way every day, purposely scare the people. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, and they, 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 they report fake numbers. And they try to blame the U.S. for this. They try to blame Trump for this. And they actually believe China and their lies about China saying that, oh, we haven't had any new cases. Really? Well, you guys have let people go, and then they tested positive again. You guys don't even have proper medical procedures over there or the expertise like we do. You guys are not um, – I mean, your, your, techno- your technology for other things, but in, in terms of medical – uh, personnel, staff, uh, you guys are, you know, and we all know what they do. They want, they, want, they want to decrease population there. They don't care about their people. They kill millions of, millions of them a year. And you know what the fake, me- fake news media did not report the other day? And this was all over the real, real news that people that would report it. There were older people, and this is from the Chinese, Chinese communist government. There were older elderly people that got diagnosed with corona, and since the Chinese government thought, oh, they're too old, they're going to die anyway, they took them and burned their bodies alive. There were screams. There were witnesses. They took them to wherever you take bodies to cremate them. What, what is it? Somebody will remind me. Uh, but no, guys, like we're living in – and think about all the 22 million cell phone users in China that have randomly gone missing in the last three months. Where's the media? And, and what about the World Health Organization knowing in January that this was, going, this was going to be a terrible epidemic, this was going to affect a lot of lives worldwide, hundreds of thousands, uh, you, you know, and, and think about who owns part of the World Health Organization. Bill Gates. Yep. The nerd himself, the frickin' weasel, the guy that gets bossed around by his wife, the guy that's the little pansy, little soy boy. God, man, you know what? He, and he, he comes off like this little innocent, you know, nice guy. I'm a gentleman. You know, he has that, that little – he reminds me of a movie character with that voice of his. But anyways, you know, he's behind the vaccines. He's been doing this for years. He's been going to foreign countries where it's more low-key, testing these products on certain humans that, you know, can't really fend for themselves or defend themselves, very poor areas. And then, you know, if they work, 
He gets behind it. He gets a huge back end with the pharmaceuticals. And then he's trying to push it worldwide and wants to bring it to the U.S. And his, his goal and his, you know, answer and his thing, what he wants to do is put everybody on vaccines. Hey, hey buddy, you ain't putting a vaccine anywhere fucking near me. You got it? I ain't taking that shit. There are bad, bad stuff in the – I mean, I, you know what? To each their own. But I, I know so many people that have gotten vaccines – and they become sicker. You know, I, I don't care what you do with your body, but nothing should ever be mandatory, especially something like that. There is no way. And you know what? Think about Dr. Fauci. Think about what, what's that? What's that? Uh, uh, oh God, what's her name? That floozy, uh, the, 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 the bimbo, the, 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 uh, the quack doctor. She's an idiot. Uh, she has ties with Bill Gates. Fauci's friend anyways those two Fauci and I forget her name somebody remind me please when I call when I get to you on the panel but um yeah th- th- these are not Trump loyalists they are, these are not people out for our best interest they were inside on this with Gates the entire time because they serve on most of Gates medical boards where he's associated with the vaccines don't you guys get this and how the hell you know what Trump says he hires the best people and I, I love Trump. I'm not going to take a swipe at Trump. Everybody knows I think he's the greatest thing to ever exist. I think he's, I think he's the Messiah. I, think, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like him. Uh, 80% of promises delivered within three years, best president ever by far. But Trump, you've got to be careful, man. I don't know who's around you telling you that Fauci and this other, you know, this other female is, is good for the situation, but they're not. They are, they are in bed with some of the dirtiest globalist elites you could ever think of, and they're laughing all the way to the bank while we get sick. And think about AIDS. Think about – that was not just – it doesn't just randomly happen. It's, it, 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 it's all a plan because once it's released, you can make a ton of money on treating people with the medicine. Of course there's a cure. But they don't want to cure people of it because then they won't make money on the medication treatment anymore um, that people pay for every month. Same thing with cancer. There's absolutely cures for cancer, but they're not going to release them because they won't make the same thing with HIV stuff. They won't make the the money on the meds every month. I mean, think about it. Pharmaceuticals are are some of the most dirtiest, you know, corporations. I mean, come on. They don't – it's – you know, I'm all for capitalism. I'm all for people, you know – living the American dream, but these people get away with murder, with what they do to people. Same with insurance companies, you know? It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so, 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 so this is good news. The coronavirus hospitalizations in terms of, like, you know, people there at, at this point in our country is lower than predicted. So at least we're at the lower, we're lower than predicted right now. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, New York, New York has marked, what, a 75% drop in cases. It's pretty good. It's actually really good. Um, Italy, uh, for the first time, their deaths, deaths have dropped. Um, their hospitals aren't as crowded. Um, I think they might be, you know, kind of beating this thing. Um, and as everybody knows, I'm sure, in, unless you haven't done your research, uh, this corona thing, it dies in a certain amount of degree weather. So, you know, once I live in Arizona. So once it, it hits 100 degrees, I mean, it, it, it's pretty much useless. But it, it, could always come, it always could come back when it gets cold again in a different, you know, different season. 
But as long as it's, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't know the exact amount of temperature outside, but, you know, they're, they're, the weather conditions definitely have a strong impact on, on, on the, you know, the future of this virus. That's for damn sure. Um, and you know what? Uh, if it, it's China is, is and, and China sending their products here really, you know, we, and their medicines and, and all their medical. I mean, how do we know they're not, you know, you know, doing something to these to kind of jeopardize our lives. I and mean, we can't trust these people. We need to build our own stuff, like Trump said. You know, we need to be um, USA first. I mean, we can't. There's too much dishonesty. There really is. And Wuhan, even the people of Wuhan, their own residents don't believe their government that the cases have just suddenly stopped and are, are lower than ever. We don't believe, they don't believe it. So it's not just the USA. You know, and even the, 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 co, the, the Wuhan residents, the people in China, are telling our mainstream media to shut up because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, and, and obviously Trump's doing a lot of good things. Um, he, he's, on the first day, you know, he took action. Uh, we're already giving out hundreds of millions in small business loans. Um, people are getting taken care of. People are getting their money. Um, I think he's been overly prepared. Uh, he's been praised on both sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody else could have handled uh, it any better. You know, this, this, is, um, this is what he does best. And he stays calm, collective, transparent, answers any question you want, any question you got. Doesn't get mad. He may, he'll joke with you, and he'll, he'll, he'll throw it back in your face if you try to you know, be a smart ass with him. But um, in reality, you know, just what he's doing is a dream come true. Left his billionaire lifestyle to get abused every day by the mainstream media. I mean, what the hell? It's like, you know, and think about he's human. You know, he might, he might be one of the toughest people we've ever known, but he's human. You know, he has to go home at night. He's got a family. He's got people that slander him, make up lies about him. All for political gain. All for a freaking journalism story. You know, we live in a cynical, cynical world. I will tell you that. And journalism, and, and what, and what, you know, and, and, and just with, with, with the whole press conference, what other president have you ever seen every single day for two hours come out and talk, answer anything you want? Uh, we saw Obama once a month. We see Trump every day. The most trans- Trump is by far the most transparent president in the history of politics. If he had any dirt on him, it would have been out way a long time ago. They have absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And you know, by the way, uh, the World Health Organization director needs to resign immediately. Needs to resign immediately. They knew about this. They, you know, they set us up. They cost they cost people many lives, many sicknesses, people's businesses shutting down. You know, this, this is so wrong. It's so wrong, and it makes me angry. I turned on the news today, and, I, you know, I just can't. I can't. I'm, I, this, it's sick. It's sad. But we're, you, know what I love, you know what I love to see? The, the uni- uniting, coming together, regardless of party aisles. And I think, I think a lot of us are doing that. I think more than not, I think we are. I, I think a lot of us are not making this so much about 
partisanship or, or politics. It's about getting better and getting to the solution. Um, we just had a woman in, I think it was Detroit, and she wasn't going to make it. And Trump tells this story, and it's beautiful. She wasn't going to make it, and uh, she basically said goodbye to her husband. Um, but the last second she said to her husband, um, you know, this is like the last couple days of the doctor saying that she had, and they said that she told her husband, will you go out, go out and get me this hydrochloroquine or however you pronounce it? The woman took it. The next day she woke up completely better. And guess what? You know, I, 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 I admire her, and I give her high praise for what she did next. She made public how Trump saved her life. And as a Democrat, she was never a fan of Trump. She's more on the, the radical side of things. She's not really even a moderate. But that takes, that takes courage, and that takes, you know, that, that, that really proves character. And, and that, that's, that's a beautiful thing to watch, especially when all, with all the animosity going on, with all the tension going on, with all the people going back and forth. You know, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a weird time. Uh, you know, I, here's something really sad. You know, the airline traffic, and this is in one month, it's fell by 94%. That's right. 94% in one month airlines have suffered. That's a, that's, you know how much of a drop that is? I mean, I, you know, I'm not a fan of bailouts. I can't stand them. I think they're sick, but sometimes they're necessary. Because, um, you know, it, I just hate – the reason I don't like bailouts is because many times with the bailout money, they go buy – just go buy back stock options. Uh, I've got – I've read charts on my show many times of how many companies have actually done it rather than put the money where it's supposed to go. But if you're taking that much of a loss, 94% down, Jesus Christ. I mean, and apparently <clears throat> Trump said, you know, the plane – they're talking – people are only flying, you know, if they really have to, and the planes are pretty much empty. You know, it's, it's, a, it's ghost towns out there. Um, so, you know, the, the Democrats, um, they've really just, you know, Bernie, Bernie dropped out today. Um, interesting timing, you know, uh, and, and he's going to keep his delegates, he said. So, and Trump talked about this earlier. So he's suspending his campaign, but he's keeping his delegates. I'm a little, uh, wondering. So I guess he's going to ride it out to the convention. You know, because we all know, and, and, my, and Michael Valsi, who's on with us tonight, retired police chief and homicide detective, we all know the Bernie supporters uh, aren't, aren't taking this too well. And we all know how radical uh, they can get uh, in these, you know, we saw a big poll. 50% of Bernie supporters a few months ago said if he's not the nominee, they're staying home. They got no enthusiasm or excitement to run out to vote for Joe Biden. It's not. That he doesn't have that appeal. He doesn't have that charisma. You know, I, I've always said I, I, I never liked, never liked Obama, but at least he could speak well. He had a charm to him that people, you know, resonated with. And, you know, he was a good talker. Didn't do a damn thing, but talking, you know, get, gets, you know, people really uh, excited. Uh, but you, we all know a lot of people at the end who voted for him regretted it because, uh, you know, he pretty much lied on everything. Uh, let's see. I'm just going through some of these various, and then we're going to get to the panel. Um, 
So the okay, so this is the Democratic Party. So 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 Bernie drops out. You know, Biden can't even count to four. Uh, can't even finish a complete sentence. Half the time doesn't even know which state he's in. Um, I really am nervous for this guy's mental health. I, I don't think it's funny anymore. You know, at first it was funny. We're seeing all these gaps and all these kind of errors and mishaps and, you know, these, these things that he was struggle, you know, struggling with. But this is early stage Alzheimer's. This guy belongs in a nursing home. And I don't know how they're going to drag him across the finish line. He can't, sometimes he can't even walk. I mean, there, there's rumors that Andrew Cuomo may step in. I, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, a brokered convention, I, you know, that could happen. I mean, Joe Biden, apparently now, if he's the nominee, he said, which it's looking like it's going to be, he wants to do a virtual video convention. Mm, I wonder why. Because he can't last on the stage longer than five minutes. I mean, can, can any president who's that lazy and that, you know, has that much lack of judgment and, and would even insinuate or recommend such something so foolish? You know, these people are thinking it's not until July or August. We're supposed to have the thing long gone by then, and these people, if they make it all about politics, this whole corona thing. But we, we all know, Joe, it's not because you care about people's safety. It's because you can't even walk up and down the stage or, or talk for five minutes without actually sounding like a fool. Not, not five minutes, five seconds. And then, you know, you, you, you call Trump a, a xenophobe, but then, and then the next day you say, oh, no, he was right on China. Jesus, these people don't they, – they don't even – they make no sense. And it's gone – you know, Joe Rogan – I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. I'm sure a lot of you do – a lot of you guys do too. Great podcaster, probably one of my favorites. Um, you know, he he usually votes libertarian or Democrat. Um, he made a interview, uh, well, a statement the other day on an interview, where he said that the Democratic Party has made us look like complete fools. That he said Biden has no chance. Trump is going to eat his lunch. Trump's going to stomp him. And you know, I mean that that that's. The, the, and a lot of people in the Democratic Party are seeing what Joe Rogan's seeing. Like, you know, the, the enthusiasm, even though the, the, the Democratic Party has turned into a very far left organization, for the most part, there's not too many moderates left. And if there is, they're voting with Trump, even though they don't agree with everything he does. It's a lot better than communism. But getting back to this, Joe Biden is not even a moderate. He's an idiot. He's basically doing everything that he's told to do. And he, you know, think about this, a guy that has to, you know, he was away for eight days. Like it was like a week ago that his campaign kept him out of the media for eight days because they were worried he was going to say something stupid. How are we supposed to trust a guy like Rogan says with our country who can't even form a complete sentence? I mean, this is this is just insane. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, the the Democratic Party, obviously, you know, the middle ground. I, I just don't see how a moderate, a true moderate, could vote for Joe Biden. I just don't see it. Because you, you know, a true moderate in my in my eyes, in my strong opinion, that's like a JFK, or like a Joe Lieberman, or even even a Bill Clinton. I mean, I, even though I, I don't like Bill Clinton as a person, uh, he was a moderate. Back in the day, the 90s, you know, 
there, there were some good things that, that he did economically with Newt Gingrich being House Speaker. And believe it or not, they got stuff done. There was a lot of bipartisan uh, uh, bills, and, and there wasn't this division and hatred. You know, it's crazy. Crazy what we're dealing with. Um, so, and, and this, is, this is really awesome. Um, so President Trump has just acquired a bunch of, however you pronounce it, hydroxychloroquine pills from India. Obviously, we have a great relationship with India. Modi is a great prime minister. Um, India has always been our friend. They've always had our back. Uh, they're probably one of the friendliest. They don't get any friendlier. I mean, you know, and, and so, so religious, too. They love the Lord. They love God. They pray for us. Um, they would never do us wrong. They, 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 they are, you know, that's a country where everybody I've ever met from there is nothing but pure manners, uh, a joy to be around. And uh, I'm really glad they're helping out because, you know, we, we don't want to get our shipments from China or, or, you know, other places. So, you know, India is still relatively cheap. And it's, you know, there's, there's a good deal in, in place here. So high praise, high praise to Trump and Modi for figuring that out and we can save more lives. Um, you know, and, and, and this, is, this is what really makes me upset. And this is just how idiotic the media uh, has become. But they're trying to say the reason President Trump <clears throat> is pushing hydroxychloroquine is because he has stock in it or he has money invested in it. Um, it's not even worth anything, dipshits. Uh, who, what, who's the dumbass on, was it CNN or MSNBC? Some female, just some idiot. What's her name? Said, oh, he's probably got some, some money invested. Oh, no, it was Mika. Mika Facelift Brzezinski. Remember that whack job? Married to Morning Joe, the soy boy, weak, weak, the, the weak man. He gets bossed around by her. Yeah, that guy. Um, no, but yeah, she's making out. No, no, bitch. He doesn't have any freaking ties. Excuse my language. What, 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 what are you talking about? And then people are like, the people that watch those channels are like, oh, oh, really? Really? He does? People are so gullible, man. People are, God. Um, President Trump is thinking of a second coronavirus task force, and that would focus primarily on reopening the economy. So that would be that, would be that you know, it would be designated for exactly that. Um, I know they're working hard every second of every single day. Um, a lot of good progress is coming. Um, I mean, just nothing, nothing, you know, it's good. It's good, good stuff right now. Um, let's see here. Um, anything else with the COVID? So, so there was a study. Uh, COVID-19 is 170 times less deadly than any accident. Think about that. Car accident, plane accident, anything. An, ac- an accident cause of death in the U.S. It's 170 times less deadly the media has blown this out of proportion. There's a ton of hysteria. Um, you know, there's just – and, you know, it, it's, a narr- it's, it's an agenda. It, it's, a, it's a one-track mind. It's a, it's, it's a jaded narrative that, you know, they need uh, to keep the money flowing, to keep people watching. You know, they, they don't care about the truth. They care about being first. They care about, you know, making it sound right. It's not about, you know, reporting the news anymore. That's not what it's about. And we've come to this 
point in our society where we have our own media siding with China who's responsible for killing millions, not millions of their own people. And, you know, when all said and done, like Trump says, there'll be a couple hundred thousand of our people. And, you know, obviously millions infected, but millions aren't going to die, but there'll be a couple hundred thousand that die. You know, and that's, that's a shit ton of people. That really is a shit ton of people. Um, and Facebook. Facebook's one of the biggest problems. They're pushing mandatory um, Chinese propaganda. They're putting propaganda all over Facebook from China, sticking up for China. And I've always said Facebook doesn't represent America. They're a global brand. They take money, more money from the Saudis and China than anyone. It's true. I mean, they're not out for us. But the fact that, you know, we have to kind of coexist and, and, and tolerate coming across our news feed. Like, what, what? And too many people, and I've said this many times on my show, too many people are naive and gullible, and they'll believe anything they read. They'll believe all the fake news. They will. They will. They'll share whatever article, won't check sources, and then people will have to go correct them. And meanwhile, these, these news outlets putting out the fake stuff are, are making a ton off the clickbait. You know, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time we're living in. And I want to uh, mention something really big. Um, this is the last thing, and then I want to get to Michael Volsey and everybody on the panel. Uh, but President Trump officially has fired Michael Atkinson, uh, the Intel IG who revealed the, U- the fake UK whistleblower complaint. It's about time. What took so long? You know, well, actually, actually, kind of, actually, you know, now that I think about it, not a bad move. I mean, when, when everybody's all distracted on this whole corona thing, you know, I think you should get a lot of your agenda done. And I think A.G. Barr and him are thinking the exact same thing. I think there's a lot up their sleeve right now when everybody's doing other things. You know, they're, they're going to do solve justice, and they're going to get to the bottom of, of a lot of, you know, things that uh, we never even knew before. And, um, you know, I, 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 it bothers me that – the there's so many people behind closed doors that just get to basically influence everything with money while the whole country gets divided. And, you know, we're, we're just supposed to sit back and take it. People like Bill Gates, people like George Soros, people like, you know, um, I don't want to put Warren Buffett in there because I don't think Warren Buffett's that – I know he's a Democrat, but I don't think he's a bad guy. But, you know, they're Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is definitely – he's definitely like the Bill Gates. He's all in with the vaccines. Trust me. Um, let's go to uh, Michael Balsey, retired police chief and homicide detective. Go ahead. Thanks, Lloyd. Um, I want to touch on a few things. Uh, you know, I agree. The president has done a great job. I, you know what? I don't think the man can get enough credit. You look at the approval ratings of the president and, and vice president, Mike Pence, they're both over 60%. You know, and it's just a, a, a fact of human nature that when in time of crisis, people tend to turn to their leaders, you know? And I don't care what political persuasion you are, unless you're just an, a really ultra-radical, right, that's just not going to ever get beyond the, the hatred for Trump. People tend to, they have families. They have people they're looking out for. They are concerned about what's going on, so they turn to those briefings for information. 
But, you know, that's why the viewing audience is so tremendous for those briefings. It's higher than all the primetime shows. And can you – and, Michael, you know, can you imagine – can you imagine if, we, if he didn't have his Twitter or he didn't have those briefings, we would never know the truth, and all we could rely on is the fake news. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. I think the briefings have been tremendous, and I think the public also appreciates them. Ratings are up there high for a reason. They appreciate the fact that he's out there personally. He's not sending some spokesperson out there. They can actually see him. They can see Mike Pence. They can see the concern on their faces. You know, it's almost a personal relationship that he's developing with the people watching those those uh, briefings. I think that's critically important. You know, I see some of the mainstream media now is only showing the parts of the briefings where Fauci or Bricks, and that's what you were trying to think of, Dr. Bricks, that, that they're speaking, you know? I hearken back to something Kennedy said, John F. Kennedy said, when he told the public about an operation being run through the deep state CIA called Operation Mockingbird. Well, in case the people of the United States haven't figured it out, Operation Mockingbird's been in full effect for many years in this country. You got the deep state CIA running all these news media outlets. That's right. what all these talking heads are. They're all CIA and think, operatives. And, both, and I'm both, telling you. Think about, and think about this real quick. I just want to say one thing real quick. Think about this, is that all these politicians, I, I'm going to say both sides, obviously, Republicans and Democrats, but there's a lot of Democrats with foreign ties to China, with ties to Bill Gates, with ties to all these people, and they've tried everything to bring Trump down, and I think this is their last attempt. And you go back and look at what Bill Gates has said for the longest time. He's been predicting this virus. It's almost like he planned it along with a bunch of other people. Cause, you know, and, and, and Fauci, he's bad news, man. And every single person I talk to, Trump supporter, d- doesn't trust him. And, and I think you know, it's such weird timing how all of a sudden – Fauci was best friends with Bill Gates, always on the board, and then comes in. It's crazy. I I agree 100%. I was going to get into him here in a second, but I wanted to just go through a couple of things here that you touched on towards the end. Uh, You know, uh, this may be the media thing. And I think it's it's important that that we understand Operation Mockingbird. But to hit on one of your last points about the uh, IGs, you know, it was great he got rid of Atkinson. Uh, and, and Atkinson's only the first of many IGs to be replaced. Okay, there's more coming. Watch for that in the news the next few days. It's been hinted around already that he's going to clean some AGs out, or uh, IGs out, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's important. But again, it harkened back to what Eisenhower said when he talked to the public, he talked to the nation about the military industrial complex. And you ask why this had taken so long for him to get to Atkinson. There's been a steady operation underway to take care of the military-industrial complex, remove its power structure, right? It's been in place for centuries in the United States, or at least uh, decades in the United States, going all the way back to before Eisenhower. Uh, And Trump has done a remarkable job dismantling that and getting his people where he needs them. You know, from the secret intelligence service to the uh, uh, 
all these different organizations where these retired guys would just go in there and get government paychecks for the rest of their life. Uh, and so he's working to that. And, you know, about Fauci and BRICS, the reason they're up there, they're deep, deep state activists. We know that. There's no doubt about it. They're up there for, to be a face for the mainstream media. They're going to be outed. If you look at BRICS, you mentioned her a couple of times, and I've had a couple of people bring this to me to my attention. They asked me, does she look worried? Does she know what she looks like? She's really concerned about something, right? And she does. She's a nervous wreck up there. You know, and I don't think she's camera shy because she's been hanging around with Bill and Melinda Gates. She's been on all these foundations. You know, she's in bed with the new uh, with the World Health Organization too. Uh, they're all they're all kind of ties to the Clinton her and Fauci have ties to the Clinton Foundation. You know, and I don't know about her specifically, but I know Fauci has ties not only to the Clinton Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but Bill Pharma, the WHO, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and one of Soros's organizations. To me, that's enough to discredit him. He's a deep state hack, and so is BRICS. And I don't trust either one of them. And don't think for a minute that this stable genius we have in the White House is listening directly to them. He's their front people. He's got guys and smart people behind the scenes advising him on this virus. And one of the guys that I know has written him a couple letters, and I'm assuming he's probably talked to him, is this Dr. Shiva. Uh, Shiva, uh, if, you, uh, if you get a chance. Yeah, he's been on the, he's been been on the show. Yeah, he's been on the show before. Yep. Dr. Yeah, Shiva. that guy, I, yeah, I think I was on with him, and I was going to tell you, that guy's all over this. He know, He's all he's over brilliant. Fauci. He knows, he knows about Fauci going back to the, the uh, AIDS epidemic and, AIDS epidemic and, uh, and HIV and how they tried to make the correlation that there really isn't there between HIV and AIDS. And if you went around and asked anybody in the public, they think they're directly tied to one another, when in reality they're not. I mean, this guy has uncovered some really brilliant stuff, and he's a genius. The guy is a genius. I think that's what caused me to look into him after I heard him on the show that night, but he's brilliant. But, you know, there's just there's a lot of things going on, and I, you see where the Democrats are going. You know, we, we hit on a few of these things uh, last week, I think. When you look at this impeachment they tried to do, right, it's almost like they went into this impeachment knowing it was going to fail, like they were on a timeline, like they knew this virus was coming, okay? But in the meantime, they had goals they wanted to accomplish, like terminate Trump's rallies, stop all the economic and the stock market gains, terminate any Biden debates between him and uh, Sanders, right? Uh, terminate any possible public interviews by Biden, right? They accomplished all those things. Right, and then uh, it, it also pushed back or altered in some way debates that may take place down the road between Trump and Biden. You have to think about that. And then you hit the hit on this too. Their big foot push is this vote by mail. That's yeah. that was the ultimate goal, I think. Other than the vaccine, I think they were pushing the vaccine too. I think they wanted every American vaccinated so they can give you a multitude of diseases or uh, invoke their population control. But 
I think those two things, and you mentioned the governor of Kentucky, you know, that is a Democratic governor in Kentucky, but he doesn't have a majority in the House or the Senate in the state house there. And they do have the votes to override his veto. So that veto is going to be overrided, I believe, to some things I've been reading. It hasn't happened yet. But you could watch for the Democrats in this phase four, whatever it is, of the stimulus bill that's coming up. They're going to try to put this in there along with a bunch of other things. And I was glad to see Mitch McConnell came out. And he said they're going to take the part of that bill that deals with coronavirus once it comes over from the House, and they're going to have a unanimous vote on only the part of that bill that deals with coronavirus. So I thought that was a that was a big bold move on Mitch's part, and I think under a national emergency he can do that. So I think that's no, I, I I agree. I agree. You know, you know and you know, it, it's really, it's insane. I mean, it's, that, it's absolutely insane what we're dealing with, I, you know, and that people are scared for their lives. And, you know, these politicians, all they think about is, is themselves. A couple other quick things here. You know, you mentioned uh, India. You know, India yeah. pondered for a while about giving that hydroxychloroquine to, uh, to the United States because they were trying to keep it for their own people. Right. But because Modi and uh, Trump are tight, I'm going to tell you what I right. think is going on there, and I'm going to tell you why I think. Uh, I, well, I, I, here's what I think got worked out when Trump was over there. Remember when Trump went over there to India? Yeah. Here's what they I gave think him the that, red I carpet think, treatment. I, Remember, they treated well, him like well, royalty. And, and I want you, I want your listeners to understand one thing here. Don't think for a minute. Don't think for a single minute that Trump was caught by surprise by this virus. The president knew back in 2018 this was coming. I mentioned on one of your shows earlier where you formed a task force sometime at the end of 2017, early 2018, about what, you know, the possibilities of a pandemic hitting. Why would he do that? You know, he, he knew this was coming. And I think he knew that China was going to have to be paid back. And I think what he wanted to, wants to do so businesses in China, whether they be European businesses or businesses from the U.K. or wherever, it's going to encourage them to move out of China. They may not move to the United States, and we don't really need them. He's going to encourage them to move to India. And I think that's why India is cooperating with him any way they can, because I think you're going to see that happen down the road. I think you're going to see businesses just fleeing out of China which is going to crush their economy. And you'll start to see, once this is all passed, you'll start to see that freedom movement going again in China. And then they'll start losing businesses to India. And uh, I think that's where this is headed. And, you know, the other thing you mentioned, that task force uh, to look at opening the country, I think that's happening behind the scenes already. And I think there's some good medical people as well as some good financial people uh, advising him on that, and I think that's going on. I don't just think he's prepared to come to one of those briefings and say we're doing this behind the scenes yet, but I think it's actually going on because I think the country's going to open sooner than people think it's going to open. At least portions of the country may open up very, very soon. 
there's, there's a, a couple of things I want to hit on before I get into really what I wanted to say was, if you saw, uh, you know, and I'm not going to argue with anybody if this isn't a uh, serious virus. I'm not sure it's as serious or even more serious than the flu by any means. But if there is a, a substantial difference, it's that this may not be as serious as the common flu or the cold, for that matter, for some people. But it's, it tends to spread a little more. But it's not that dangerous because you have almost 90% of the population walking around that are asymptomatic to this virus. They have it, but they're asymptomatic, which means they can spread it, right? right? And we don't know how many of those people that were asymptomatic are no longer asymptomatic and now are carrying the antibodies for this disease. And that's why you hear a push, uh, push by uh, good media people, I mean legitimate media people, that are pushing for this antibody test. Because once you know how many people have the antibodies, you know, now you can work towards opening the country because you're gonna to get to something that's known as herd immunity. And I don't know if you're familiar, your listeners are familiar with herd immunity. The more people that have been cured from this virus or have been asymptomatic and are no longer asymptomatic, which means the virus has worked their way through its system, their system, they didn't have any real symptoms from it. Uh, some may have had, maybe woke up with a headache one day, and then the next day they didn't have it anymore. Some may have had just a minor runny nose or something like that, and that's the only way they were affected by the virus. But now that they're cured, they're now carrying the antibodies, and those antibodies spread within the public. That's what prevents other people from getting it. So I'll give you an example with elderly people. Elderly people don't build up those antibodies. But if they get around a younger person who's been cured of the virus or has had the virus and no longer has it, they can get those antibodies by association with this old, a younger person. And I was watching uh, Liz Wheeler on OAN, and, and you know she made a great point about this. She said, if we're concerned at all about this virus coming back next flu season, then we should be concerned about maybe lessening the herd immunity we're getting from the virus now. Because once people have herd immunity to this virus, you can go 18 months and not get it again. Once you have that immunity from the virus, you won't get it again for you know at least 18 months. That gets us through or well into the next flu season, right? More than likely half past the next flu season, towards the end of it. So I think that's something that they're thinking about, and I think that's something that some of these doctors behind the scenes are advising the president about as well. But, uh, yeah, Bill Gates is pushing the vaccine, and he's not the only one. You mentioned Bezos and uh, – you know, and if, here's the way I look at Bill Gates. If he didn't vaccinate his own children for any other vaccination that's out there, right, then I'm sure as hell not taking that vaccine, and neither is anybody I'm from, uh, uh, any family member of mine. It's not going to happen. They're pushing it. You know there's some uh, uh, underlying reason why they're pushing it so much. 
And then you mentioned that uh, state rep from Michigan. You know, that governor in Michigan is the one that she's, her and the governor in Nevada, the uh, of, yeah, Nevada that uh, banned hydroxychloroquine. So this woman's husband had to, I don't know how he snuck around and got that because he wasn't allowed to get it or administer, or her doctor wasn't allowed to administer under that executive order by Governor, as Trump referred to her, half Whitmer. Uh, so, yeah, she got that virus and then she got cured and by hydroxychloroquine, and she credited the president. But if you happen to see Dr. Siegel on uh, Tucker Carlson's show, and he talks about this 96-year-old man who was just ready to die because he was so sick from this, and he took hydroxychloroquine and went hour, within hours was better, and then Dr. Siegel said it was his father, right, that got cured by hydroxychloroquine. But let me tell you something to watch for. Watch for Boris Johnson in the U.K. You watch that doesn't come out that he gets cured by hydroxychloroquine. And that'll make the yeah. public, who the mainstream media has brainwashed, stand up and take notice that Trump was right all along. You need some prominent figure like that to stand out, and that's the perfect guy to do it. So I think that's where that's headed. And lastly, I well, I want to get into this, too. You know, you wonder about the stay-at-home orders, and I realize stay-at-home orders are stay-at-home orders. But then right. when you have this uh, 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 this mayor in uh, Illinois, he sends the police out because he's getting complaints about people not, not staying at home and people congregating and stuff like that. So he sends the police out, and they go around and – they go to this bar. I don't know if they had an outdoor seating or what it was, you know. And they're they're getting the people out of there, right? Because they're violating stay-at-home orders. And they find the same mayor's wife at that bar. Yeah, you know. And then you had the mayor of Chicago. You know, they caught her. Uh, she's the one that wants to give uh, all these coronavirus benefits to illegals. They caught her getting her hair done at a beauty shop. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of hip, there's a lot of hypocrites there, you know. And the last Absolutely. thing I want to get into, the last thing I want to get into, Roy, was I, uh, I watched a YouTube video and then I went to the website of uh, Tracy Beans. I'm sure you're familiar with who she is. Uh, yeah. She has a website called UndercoverDC.com, and your listeners could go there and see this information. But the title of the article was, it looked like this coronavirus could have been here a lot sooner than we thought. It might give you what her theory was. And, you know, I, I have to give it a lot of credence because it makes perfectly good sense. Because I'd lay in bed at night wondering, how did, they, how did China manage to release that virus here? Or did they just release it in Wuhan and then they let travel take care of the rest? That's what I was thinking, right? We know that Bill and Melinda Gates had a hand in this some way, shape, or form. We know the Democrats knew, the deep state Democrats knew this was coming. How did they get it here? She brings up this point. Back in October, and you may remember when this happened, between October 17th and October 25th, I believe it was, they had world military games 
all the countries, all the allied countries, basically from around the world, met. And they went through some just war maneuvers and things like that, right? Said all these countries involved in this. Guess where those were? Wuhan, China. So I'm thinking, okay, you released this virus there. All these guys go back to their home countries, right? They're in great physical yeah. shape, right? right? You know, their nutrition levels are high. They're, they're, they're healthy young men, right? Young men and women. All they are now is asymptomatic to this virus, but they're, they, they have the ability to spread it, okay? If you look, all of our military flights overseas to a, the Asian countries all fly out of Tacoma or out of, yeah, I think it's Seattle. Was it Seattle, Tacoma, Washington Airport? Is that yeah. what I was saying? The yeah. airport, right? They all fly out and, and fly back into Seattle, Tacoma. So where was the first state hit by the coronavirus? Washington State. Yep. And, and the so reason why, the reason why, because it's so close to, that's the closest to Asia, I think, in, in terms of the United States. This uh, state, I think it, it is the closest. That's why there's such a high Asian population there. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Okay. So, so when you stop and think about that, now from there, a lot of these military guys are going back to their home bases. A lot of them, right. came, a lot of them came from the south, right? But a lot right. of them were on the east coast. So you had the yeah. you had the uh, western states like California and Washington that were hit quickly. Right because they're both yeah. on the downside of this thing now, right? And now we're seeing the East yeah. Coast start to come on the downside, and the Midwest should be right behind them. But that's how it looks like this may have got sent here. And that's how, it's, if you look, it started in these other countries long before it did here, because it's probably closer travel from China. But the other thing was is that, our media was too distracted by all these things I previously mentioned with this impeachment and all this stuff going on. They were hiding this, what was going on in China from the United States for a long time. Right. Well, what she did was she went to the CDC's own website. And this is why it's pretty important to see that video because the video is actually better to watch because she shows right. the graphs. Well, so what she did was she went to the CDC's website and she started looking at numbers. She started looking at yeah. numbers. So when you go to the doctor and you say, look, I think I have the flu. And the doctor says, well, I'll give you this test for the flu. And they yeah. give you the test. They send it to a lab. They get the results. Well, the lab in turn sends it to the CDC. Okay. Yeah. So now the CDC keeps track of all those numbers. And that's how you get your flu charts every year, and you can R see where the R flu peaks or whatever. No, no, absolutely. I do need to get to the next guest. Okay. Um, no, no, you're good. You're good, though. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Valsi, V as in Victor, A-L-S-I, and uh, thanks again for having me. I'd be glad to talk to anybody there. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, stay with us. Um, definitely more to get into. I do want to introduce the show. By the way, uh, I will be introducing everybody. I, I know there's a lot of people on the panel. Uh, I am going to get to right now, though. 
uh, U.S. congressional candidate from Georgia. We have Mark Gonzalez, Gonzalez with us. Mark, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, Rory. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, great to have you back. Um, what's new? What's going on? How's the campaign going? Give us an update. Uh, what have you been working on? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting in Georgia right now because our Governor Kemp just uh, this morning extended the emergency order that now extends for another month through May 13th, which is a shelter-in-place condition, and uh, it leaves open our Secretary of State to consider moving our primary from May 19th to who knows when. So trying to campaign in the day of the Chinese virus is not the easiest thing in the world for any of the candidates, uh, me included. You know, we had a lot of great events uh, that had been planned over the last few weeks that, of course, had been canceled. And uh, I spend a lot of time now, obviously, using social media to get my message out and uh, using an awful lot of phone work, uh, not only myself, but our team and volunteers and so on. So uh, we're adapting to the the new situation. We did an electronic town hall recently, which was kind of interesting. You know, here I am, a candidate in a district in Georgia, and we had 600 people weigh in on that electronic town hall, which is the exact number of Joe Biden's recent electronic town hall, a town hall, excuse me. So I don't know if that's uh, a good thing for me or an indictment for Joe Biden. I'm not sure which. <laughs> right. Jesus. Wow. So there, you guys got a lot going on in Georgia. And, you know, th this whole uh, extending the primary, I mean, is there any speculation of maybe when they might move it to, or is it absolutely up in the air at this point? Yeah, I think it's really somebody's uh, best uh, guess at this point. So I try not to speculate about anything. I'm more, I have, you know, I'm a business right. person with an accounting degree. So I like numbers and I like uh, being able to look at facts versus fiction. And uh, right. well, I'll just wait to see how it unfolds. I think that the thing that's challenging though is, Obviously, yeah. just like a tournament professional golfer would try to peak for a major championship, you know, candidates do the same thing. They're trying to peak at election day or slightly before because of uh, early voting. And now you don't know when that actually may be. So the goalposts are in limbo and uh, most candidates only have so many resources to apply to their campaign. So it makes it a little more challenging. And thankfully for me, with a long business career, lots of uh, big opportunities that worked out very well. And, of course, like a lot of people that are probably listening tonight, 2008-2009 uh, uh, was humbling for my family as well. So you learn a lot of lessons from the School of Hard Knocks. And, uh, you know, we, we're very conservative on our end, very conservative. So we have not blown a lot of money. And I can assure you that my top-tier candidates, of which I'm one, have, in fact, blown a lot of money, in my opinion, in their race. And, you know, and I would just simply ask the logical sure. question, okay, if you're blowing donor money now, why in the world would we think that you're going to be a good steward of our taxpayer money when you get to Washington, D.C.? I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. A four-year-old would figure that one out. Right. No, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And um, so is are you in your area, you're running against – is it just Richard McCormick, or is there another guy as well? Well, it's actually, if you look at the Republican side, most people would say that there's four bona fide candidates that will be on the Republican primary ballot. Uh, myself, okay. we have a 
long-term state senator, started as a mayor, actually. So she's been in politics for 25 years. And you know what? If you like uh, old-school politics and what led us to the calamities that we find around us today, then she's probably your gal. Uh, Her name is uh, Renee Unterman. Then you have a uh, person who is a true outsider because she lives in Buckhead, which is about 12 miles from our district. Uh, And that uh, that tells the story in itself. I think she's a nice woman, but I don't think she brings a lot to the party. Uh, Her name is uh, Lynn Homrick. And then you have, as you mentioned, uh, Rich Dr. McCormick and myself. And um, how how's the you know the, the just the the kind of response you're getting from voters you know just getting on the the trail talking to the people and you know th- th- that situation how, how's that going? I think we did he cut out? He just cut out. He'll call back in. Hold on. We lost him for a second. Give me one second. Let's see. Um, okay, he's calling back in. Here we go. He just uh, we, lo- we lost you there. We lost you there for a second, Mark. Yeah, I don't sorry, know what happened. Sorry about that. You, I'm sure you were asking an incredibly deep question. So let's see if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I, I was just asking. Um, so like, what, what, what's kind of just the response you're getting from voters? What's kind of like the daily activities for you in terms of the campaigning schedule? You know, um, just. Get, obviously, you're getting out there. Yeah. You're you're getting in touch with the people, and really, I you know I talk about all the time on my show. You know, Trump really opened this door and created this trend for all these outsiders to really pursue office and give the real power back to we the people. You know, the, and I've said this for a long time. I think the days of the politician are strongly limited. I, I think I, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, I think they, I think he's really exposed a lot of their BS, and people have woken up. Go go ahead though. Sorry. Well, I I agree with you. And, you know, it's interesting. Back when the candidates were together, whether it was a GOP event or some other event that brought us together, the opponents that I have in my race, they would constantly track down the uh, notion of I love Donald Trump. I support Donald Trump. I'm there for Donald Trump. And you know what? Those are all wonderful things. And I certainly wouldn't discourage any of my opponents from any of that. But the voters who have been attracted to Donald Trump and feel like Donald Trump is the right leader at the right time. There's attributes of Donald Trump that they find attractive. And I would simply suggest out of the candidates in Georgia's seventh congressional district running on the Republican side, I'm the candidate by far that is in fact the most like Donald Trump. I am the outsider. I am the anti-establishment businessman who has a record of getting things done and is willing to pay any price to do the right thing for the people that I represent and are going to Washington to serve. So there's a big difference between liking Donald Trump and being right. like Donald Trump. Ab- Does that make sense? Abso- a- oh, absolutely. Meaning you can't just say you like Donald Trump and, and that's your only message to the voters. You have to actually you know, prove to them that you're going to go follow the agenda you're going to you bring your expertise you're going to bring your brilliance and you know I, right I, right is that what you're trying to say hey i've got one of my competitors in my race her tagline at the end of her television uh, advertisements this is what it says right. hates right. politics loves trump 
hates right. politics, loves Trump. My tagline right. is stop the nonsense. Stop and, and the Mark, nonsense. You know, Mark, I love this about I love this about you, Mark. You you, you, obvi- you obviously support the president, but you also have policies. You, your, your your only message is not I love Donald Trump. It's actually a bunch of policies that are pro Trump, and you're actually demonstrating them and showing you know what you're going to do. A lot of these other people are just you know they don't really have much of a message, is what you're saying. Well, you know it's incredible because or the Donald Trump. Well, and thank you for that. Donald Trump is facing the greatest decision of any president in my lifetime. And that decision right. is to balance a invisible enemy, which is causing true death, thinning our economy into the Great Depression 2.0. Right. Those lines intersect, right? Everybody that's a student of history will go back in time and go, hey, let's take a look at the first Great Depression and Look at the carnage there. And I got to tell you, the numbers are frightening, right? We lost 7 million people to starvation during the first Great Depression. Now, our population back then was only 123 million. So that was about 6% of the population we lost towards starvation. And there are those on the left that go, no, 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 it wasn't starvation. They actually had severe malnutrition. And I'm like, what the heck is the difference? Explain to me the difference. So today, I did the math before I jumped on the phone with you. We have a population of roughly 330 million. So if you use the same number, right, you're talking about 19 million deaths. 19 million. Jesus. And right now, what are we at with the virus? We're at 14,000. And by the way, I don't know if anybody on this call is watching closely what is happening in New York City, which is frightening, right? These are real lives, and we ache for every single one of those lives and the families that are affected. So I'm not diminishing the uh, severity of what is unfolding by any means. But here's the hard data in New York City from the New York City Health Department, the government website itself. This number, I guarantee you, no one, Rory, that you've had on or have talked to have ever mentioned this to you. And when I share this data with you, you're going to freak out. So here's the hard numbers. As of 5.30 this afternoon, 4,260 deaths, right? That's a significant number. But here's the deal. Right. There's so a call. far. You mean so far since it started? That's correct. 4,260 right. deaths in New it's York City. Oh, more than 9-11. More than 9-11. Well, that's true. But here's the thing. No underlying conditions, no underlying conditions. Out of the 4,260, there's been only 81 deaths that fall into the category of no underlying conditions. This is their government website. This isn't some left-leaning or right-leaning website on the Internet. This is the government website. 81, no underlying conditions. So the point that I'm trying to make is when you consider these underlying conditions, diabetes, lung disease, cancer, uh, immunodeficiency, heart disease, hypertension, kidney disease, liver disease, go down the list. Underlying conditions, only 81 died 
without having one of those underlying conditions. So the point that I'm trying to make is when we look at Donald Trump having to having to look at the lines that will cross, right, the line that is the death line from this virus and the line that would be the line by creating the Great Depression 2.0, those two lines intersect. I don't know exactly where they intersect, but I know that they do intersect. So how do we, in a very sober and very considered and measured fashion, turn back on the American economy in some way, shape, or form so we do not spiral into the Great Depression 2.0? I talk to small businesses, large businesses, people that work within the trenches of the large businesses, the small business owners, all day long now. And these stories of watching their companies just totally fold up is, yeah. you know, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I had one guy who told me, he said, Mark, my business dropped overnight by 90%. I said, are you oh, kidding yeah. me? He, he said, no. He said, think about it. What I sell, I sell to higher-end restaurants. They're all closed. My business is down 90% overnight. He says, you know, now what do I do? I've been in business a long time. I want to do the right thing for my employees. But at some point in time, I can't just keep paying money out when I have absolutely no money coming back in the other way. And he did apply, of course, for the uh, payroll protection program and so forth. And he's in this maze. And I know that the Treasury and the Fed and the SBA and of course the bankers as the intermediaries and that's a discussion not to itself but they're trying to do the right thing in taking a problem that came out of nowhere and now they're trying to solve it almost overnight so people have to be cognizant of the fact that you can't you you can't deploy 350 billion dollars at the snap of a finger we would all like that to be true but that's not realistic and they're working their tail off to try to make it as Uh, efficient a process as they can and think about it this way you know and when i hear the left by the way when they start going down this path of look how mismanaged it is and this is horrible and terrible i go hey time out for a second how much time did you have to get the obamacare website up and running on a specific date you had years to plan and be able to hit the street running with that website, and it was a total failure. And you're asking Donald Trump to be able to snap his fingers and be able to resurrect an economy by handing money out to those in need? The snap of a finger? I mean, come on now. Can you be at least genuine once in your life? Please, once. Yeah, no, I know. I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, entitlement is such a a huge issue in our country. And I I do got to let you go here in a second. I love talking to you, by the way. And we need people like you in D.C. and uh, in there. But what are your are the polls? Are is it looking good for you? Are you pretty much the front runner you know, in your I, primary? At this I, point? I really think all bets are off right now because I think a lot of people are going to vote absentee ballot. We sent every registered active voter in the state of Georgia an absentee ballot application. We've and that yeah. all happened in the last couple of weeks. They're trickling into mailboxes as we speak. I got mine on Thursday of last week. I filled it out and sent it in on Friday. We've already taken yeah. in 51,000 of those absentee ballot applications for an absentee ballot. You're going to see a lot of people vote via absentee ballot. And 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see whether our primary changes or not. But I would just say for your listeners, Rory, to learn about me and to you know kind of get more of my temperature, it would be to go to my website. It's Mark Four F O R Mark Four Georgia, and we spell it out G E O R G I A Mark Four Georgia dot com, and they can learn about me. They can see where I stand. But if they're looking for truly a conservative outsider who's used to getting things done and is not going there to be a politician. I believe, quite frankly, I don't think politics should be a career. I think it should be an objective. The objective is to go to get things who you serve, and then you pass the baton to the next person who has the same objective in mind. And that's why I'm very, very strong uh, for advocacy for for term limits, for instance. So, MarkFordGeorgia.com. If they like what they hear, please make a donation because right now this is the hardest time in the history of politics to be able to uh, bring money into a campaign. And everyone that wants to see somebody like me be there to do the right thing, I promise every dollar that you invest in my campaign, it's going to be very well spent because I'm going to save you a heck of a lot more than you gave to our campaign. That I can promise you. Well, I, well, Mark, you're, you're an amazing individual, and I'm rooting for you, um, and I'm praying for you, and uh, we'll have you back soon, my friend. Best of, best of luck. Hey, thank you very much. Please check in again. I'll probably have new news tomorrow if you want me back on. <laughs> All righty. Sounds good, Mark. Will do. Thank you, Rory. I really appreciate the time tonight. All righty. Take care. Have a good night. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have, we have famous photographer Barry Morgenstein. Barry, what's up, man? Hey, Rory, how you doing? Doing good, man. Can welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, can you hear yeah, me? Thanks for having me. My, yeah, you're, I got you good. Uh, pleasure to have you on. Well, man, thanks for being with us. First time on the show. Tell cool. us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, you know, I'm a headshot photographer in New York City. Uh have a studio and uh uh, been in business on my own since '87, and uh, shoot a lot of uh, a wide variety of people: actors, uh, newscasters, political people, corporate people, doctors, lawyers, pretty much anybody who needs a headshot these days. Which, luckily, is a lot of people for me. I guess, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, until this situation hit, I was pretty busy. Well, no, I I know, and no, and I want to ask you a lot about you know because you've worked with some of the biggest stars uh, anybody has ever heard of. Uh, some of the biggest names I've ever seen. I mean, everybody from politics to Hollywood. But first, I want to ask you before we dive into that. I mean, you're in sure. the, you're in the heart of New you're in the heart of New York City. Man, it's a ghost town, man. Tell everybody what's going on over there, man. No, well, it is. I'm I'm not doing any work. I haven't uh, been there since uh, uh, probably the beginning of March. You know, I, I live in New Jersey, so I haven't even been into New York City. So there's this. You know, just absolutely the business is closed down until uh, uh, until hopefully uh, we get this thing going. I just got to keep the studio running, you know, but uh, there's, there's uh, no clients coming in, that's for sure. Uh, you know, nobody's worried about headshots right now, I guess. So uh, just like all the other no. the restaurants, you know, it's, it's just everything's closed down. So I just have to wait it out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, doing this and, and you know, I've seen you. With, with like you know, I, I, tell tell some people who you've worked with. I mean, some some of the biggest names. Yeah, well, I've been lucky. I've been uh, got to work uh, photograph some of my favorite people that I admire. You know, music wise, I started off in the music business, shooting uh, for record companies. So I shot people like Paul McCartney, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, BB King. You know, so that was that was good in the beginning of my career. Then 
went on to shoot a you know, did a photo shoot with a quick shoot with uh, President Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, which was a real thrill for me. Um, you know, I've shot a lot of uh, what excites me these days is shooting a lot of military people, some some of our big heroes that I've shot. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty wide variety. So you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's always interesting. <laughs> I love I love it, man. And tell me this. So when you go do like President Trump's headshots. What's that like? Like, what's the interaction yeah, well, like? Know, I mean, yeah, it wasn't really, I wouldn't call it a headshot. What it was, was I was actually hired. It was six months before the election. I was hired to go to uh, Trump, um, the residence of Trump uh, Towers in New York. And uh, wow. it was the first official meeting between President Trump and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel. So they just got basically at two minutes. They said, just as they're talking, just snap away. And I kind of was lucky. I got a, I think, which is now considered kind of an iconic photo of the two of them in the first meeting. It's a black and white shot. So it, it gets, you know, it was a really great experience. I didn't really have any opportunity to speak with either one, but, you know, just being there and getting that shot was a, was everything to me. So that's, that's, that's probably my most proud photo, I would say. And, and wow, I can only imagine, man. And, and, you know, the stuff you're doing for the military and like, you know, when you, when you're, when you're photo, photographing people like Paul McCartney from the Beatles or some of these big names, like, do you interact? Or do, you, do you talk to these people, or, or is it yeah, usually most of the time just really quick? That was more of a quick hello yeah. type of thing. But you know, when I'm oh, in my the studio Trump in New York, obviously, yeah, that, that was that was very quick. Yeah, but you know, when I'm in my studio, which is the majority of my work is, you know, when I get a lot of these people, and that's those are headshots, which is my specialty, and, and that obviously I have, I have to interact, and we spend you know a couple of hours together. So so that's great. You know, I've I've met and photographed some great um, military heroes, like uh, the three guys. Uh, uh, from that are featured in the 13 Hours movie, the Benghazi yeah. um, guys, you know, Chris, Chris Tonto Peranto and uh, then all those guys. Uh, and uh, recently, Eddie Gallagher, uh, the Navy SEAL, who went through his uh, legal problems, but uh, but he's uh, he was acquitted of uh, the false charges against him. And so it was an honor to have him and his wife um, and his whole legal team in the studio. That, that was uh, one of my favorite shoots. That, that was a great day. So, uh, yeah. And Barry... And Barry, how does somebody like how does somebody get involved with all all these high players like yourself? I mean, you you know, um, I, you know, I was looking at some of your work and you know, doing this since '87 and just you know, evolving in this industry, it must be something, huh? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a great feeling. It's, I guess a lot of it's word of mouth. You know, I started shooting a lot for a lot of the uh, news people on Fox and uh, just kind of word spread, and they you know, other people started contacting me, saying they want me to do their shots and. Uh, you know, through that, maybe I met some true politicians or, you know, some more military people. So it's just all kind of just all recommendations or, or word of mouth or reputation, I guess. And I do a lot of, a lot of promoting yeah. on social media. That's like, a, you know, so that's, I get a lot from that too. So I love it, man. I love it. And so yeah. um, let, let me ask you this. In terms of, you know, you've done a lot of work at Fox News, obviously. I, I've seen you, a lot of your pictures there. What, what was your time there like? Well, actually, honestly, I've never worked specifically for. I have never been hired by Fox News. What it is was the 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 anchors will just come to me on their own. They'll just they just basically come oh. to me and pay, you know, by themselves. So it's not the station that's hiring me. It's the individuals, the individual uh, talent from the the show, and they just a lot of them seem to know me and and prefer my work, I guess. So uh, so uh, so I'm lucky that way. Yeah. So they just come directly to me. Absolutely, you know, but, uh, and I'll tell you, man. You know, yeah. you know, having having art. You know, art is, is one of those things. You're, you're either born with it or you're not. And uh, I'll tell you, it's quite the talent. You know, when, you, when somebody has no, that it. gift, 
you know, and that natural kind of just ability, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of tell people too, that's kind of my thing is I, I think it's more about my, uh, my eye and the feel for the photos well, more, more than the uh, quality or the really very expensive equipment. You know, my, my equipment is good, but it's just, you know, it's not, you know, people kind of go overboard and think you have to spend a lot of money on equipment. I think it's more of just about having the eye. And I think feeling is the most important thing is to be able to capture the feeling of people or, you know, I guess the soul of people, as I say. So I think that's, that's my, that's my uh, specialty. No, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I want to ask you, um, in terms of, like, events and stuff, are you, are you doing a lot of events? Obviously not right now, but usually I'm sure you, you get hired to go to these different political uh, events, no, you know, entertainment events. That's not really my thing. Yeah, honestly, that's not my thing. I don't really do events often. I mean, maybe once in a while I'll do it if somebody asks me to, but I really not my thing. I, I like to stick with what I know. Like, you know, I, I, headshots right. are my thing. Portraits is what I'm doing. And a lot of times I will recommend other people that do events. I think they probably do that better than I do. It's just that I like to stick yeah. with you know, what I know best. That's kind of what I'm Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, 100%. And I love what you're doing with the mm-hmm. military and, and uh, to, to tell everybody what, about that a little bit, you're, you're doing a lot, you're doing different photography stuff with the military? Yeah, military, law enforcement. I just happen to be friends with a lot of these guys, um, and they all know that I support them, too. So I do a lot of them, you know, whether they're maybe they'll do speaking engagements, too, so they'll need headshots for that. Or um, I work right. a lot for Blue Magazine, which is, the, uh, which is a big uh, law enforcement uh, magazine throughout the country and just uh, all about the police officers in the country, and I'm friends with the, the – uh, everybody that works for there. So I shoot for them. And, uh, uh, you know, and I always give, give uh, veterans a discount when they do come into the studio. Veterans always get a discount. Um, I never charge anything for gold star um, wives or gold star mothers. I always, if they need portraits for whatever TV appearances, I will not charge them. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, we're very, just very supportive of the military and veterans. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. Or tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find your work, get involved, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know, well, I'm on uh, Facebook. Just look up my name, Barry Morgenstein, Instagram. I'm under Barry M. Photo. Uh, my website is barrymorgenstein.com, and they can see, I get all my contact information, my, my phone number, you know, email and everything. And you see a lot of work. Uh, mainly, most of my work really is on Facebook. I'm always updating shoots and constantly posting and promoting even during this time I'm, I'm trying to keep it a keep it alive i'm just trying to keep a hopefully everybody's posting about the the uh, crisis that's going on it's always bad news so I, I try to keep posting my photos so maybe that'll make somebody smile when they're scrolling through their their feed and they'll see a, like a, a nice headshot so yeah or a good music shot or, or something you know to look at we, we absolutely oh absolutely we need that we need happiness we need you know we need the the, the definitely the laughter and, and just the love right now and just the, the good feeling uh, of, you know, yeah. life, uh, especially with all the, the scariness going on. But, um, Barry, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, let's definitely well, stay sure. in touch. Yeah, um, appreciate you know, having me. Absolutely. Really cool, really cool stuff you're doing. Thank you for all you do for our soldiers and our veterans. And uh, keep up the great work. And hopefully this economy gets going again soon so you can be back in the studio. Yeah, I appreciate that, hopefully. Great talking to you. All right. All righty, buddy. Well, God bless. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I do want to welcome to the show um, – actually, I'm going to take a quick commercial, and I'm going to come back. Uh, I'm, we got uh, Jim Price, Josh Barnett. We also have Josh Barrett. So 
Everybody stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. It is a beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night, everybody. I do want to welcome the show. I believe he's with us. We have congressional candidate from Missouri, Josh Barrett. Josh, how are you, my friend? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. What's new? What's going on? 
uh, tell everybody, uh, we, we haven't had you on the show in a while. Um, what have you been up to? Oh, just trying to uh, deal with this new reality we're living in these days. So, uh, um, you know, trying to get the campaign uh, on uh, level footing. And and for people that don't know, Josh, give a little bit of your background. I know I know you served in, in our, our, our military. Thank you for your service. God bless you for that. Um, you've obviously, you know, have done quite a few things, but tell everybody. Uh, let's see. Uh, I served uh, in the Marine Corps for eight years. Uh, I uh, served three combat tours, two to Iraq, uh, one Afghanistan. Uh, I served in Fallujah, Ramadi, and uh, Marja, um, Afghanistan. So in some of the mo- bigger uh, hot spots, and uh, I was retired due to some of my injuries I sustained over there in uh, 2013. And then joined uh, uh, Convention of States and slowly got involved in the uh, political process. <laughs> so, uh, I love then, uh, it. I love it. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Break it up a little bit there. <laughs> um, and then I uh, uh, got involved involved in the uh, local politics, uh, just, you know, central committees type of stuff. And, uh, um, Looking at the scenery uh, after Donald Trump's election, uh, one of your guests mentioned earlier, and I think you even mentioned that uh, he really opened it up for outsiders. And I'm uh, an outsider, uh, uh, a constitutionalist who don't come from money, don't have a name or anything like that. But uh, I uh, uh, deep uh, deep student of the Constitution and uh, believe we need more of that in our government and uh, decided to run. Amen. Amen, buddy. Amen. And, you know, um, we need, we need more military people uh, in, in, in office uh, serving our country. Um, And I think, you know, just like Trump has created and opened a door for businessmen and business people to, uh, you know, get involved, he's done the same thing for the military. And I think those are, you know, I think the days of the politician are very limited. Uh, I think, you know, what he's been able to pull off and what he's been able to, um, you know, expose uh, with Washington. I mean, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because it's, you know, if, you know, for the longest time, it was pretty much only career politicians that were running the show, um, running for office, doing anything. It's like if 10 or 20 years ago, if you know, if somebody was, you know, not – involved in, in politics, then they weren't, it's like you, you weren't welcome to run. But now it's like anybody can do it. You know what I mean? I mean, Trump has really, really helped uh, in that case and shine light. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's awesome. That's uh, what Trump has done. And I, I agree. We need more veterans to uh, get involved in the political process. Um there's too much of the political class uh, dictating, and I think that's why you see the level of um, dissatisfaction with Congress, and it's at such a low level that it's amazing that incumbents have such a, a high <laughs> um, reelection percentage. And I think that a lot of that is coming undone with Trump, which is a great thing because it brings – the people back into the process is what our founding fathers intended. You know, this is a people, you know, uh, 
for the, by the people, and that's what we need. We don't need people who assume they know better because they're up in D.C. and they have their staffers and they're looking at polls. Well, uh, the best uh, representatives are the citizen that get involved and are the representatives, the citizen uh, governors. Uh, citizen governors, you know, um, who get involved even at the local, state, every part of the process, and that's how you're going to have a better representative government, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, what, what, uh, what area in Missouri uh, is your district covered? Uh, it's got six different counties, and it. Uh, it uh, goes from southern Jeff County right, uh, right below St. Louis uh, down to St. Francis County. You have St. Jen, uh, Washington, Iron, and Reynolds. So uh, at the last census, was around 170,000 people. So it's uh, um, obviously going to grow. Um, so it's a pretty large area. Uh, it's diverse, and uh, it's got a lot of good people. And... Um, you know, they're being uh, horribly affected by the coronavirus, but uh, I think there's some encouraging numbers. Um, I've seen a report today that, uh, as you know, as temperatures rise across the states, that the coronavirus uh, above 70 degrees Fahrenheit suffers immensely. Yeah. It had different surfaces and stuff like that, but that's obviously an encouraging sign, and I think that's something that we need to be promoting. Hey, there is. We will get out of this, and we're going to come out stronger because if you look at some of the things that Trump has mentioned, such as bringing uh, our medical items that we have, our prescription items that come from China, or uh, you know, our dependency on China, that's absurd. That yeah. we, that's a national security issue from a military guy's standpoint who's been, you know, uh, went to school for intelligence. I'm going, how did we ever even get to the point that China is holding our critical – you know, defenses basically against this disease, against, uh, uh, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, it's just wild it that is, we were ever, we're li- we're living in, we're living in a nut, in a nutty time. I, I, uh, you know, I could talk to you all day. I want to get you back here soon, but tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign, all that good stuff. Uh, you can, uh, find me at, uh, Barrett for Senate on Facebook and then Barrett for MO.com. That's my uh, website. So, uh, look me Perfect. up and uh, shoot me any questions you have. I love it. I, I love it. Well, Josh, thank you so much, and we'll definitely talk soon. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Um, I do want to go to, I believe he's with us, U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. Josh, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? How are you, man? I Man, there's so much good information tonight from everybody. You know, it's... Uh, we're all, we're all on the same page for sure, you know, and it's one thing I, I look at when I see, you know, uh, these Democrat governors of Nevada and uh, Michigan with their banning of the use of hydroxychloroquine and, and then unbanning it, realizing that, oh, man, this thing, this is working, or, or the guy in Nevada hoarding it, you know, and and, <laughs> and banning it and then hoarding it, you know. It, it, it's laughable. These Democrats are laughable. You know, it, it's causing, I mean, we all know from the studies and, and from all the great anecdotal evidence out there that this is causing people at least not to die, right? And we have study after study after study proving that this is happening. Um, I just saw uh, a minute ago Patrick Howley uh, put out a tweet about the, um, what's the guy's name? The guy, the drummer, the drummer from Bon Jovi. 
had COVID-19, took that hydroxychloroquine, and, made, and he was healthy, like, literally that same night, he said. Kicked it one night. So I see lots of lots of stories like that coming out, just like the, the lady from uh, the, the, the uh, state representative from Michigan uh, who was saved by it and, like you said, came out and praised the president and, and thanked him, you know, for, for basically saving her life. You know, I, I don't understand of the 80 deaths in Arizona why – Every single person is not being prescribed this stuff when when they're when they're tested positive. I don't understand why it's not being prescribed. I, I I keep asking the same questions over and over and over. Of the 80 now, how many were prescribed the hydroxychloroquine, the Zithromax, and the zinc? And, and and nobody can answer my question. I tag I tag our governor, I tag the state legislators, I tag everybody, and no, no one wants to answer me. So I think the answer is no. Uh, maybe that's not happening, but. I, I think there's a, there's a there's a line where, you know, where where, where is this? When, I guess when do you cover? When is this medical medical neglect? I guess you should say when when does it become almost criminal that you're not using these compounds that have been proven to work across the country, across the world for that matter? And and when, when do we? And when do you draw that line? You know, when are people going to get sued for not prescribing it? You know, um, I don't know. It's something to think about. But you know, going on to um, the. Uh, you know, the, the, the Democrats in the MSM have weaponized this coronavirus against Trump and our economy. You know, they, they took something that's happening and they weaponized it just like they did to CIA, the FBI, the DOJ. They don't care if us, you know, it's quote, little people suffer or small businesses are closed. They, they only care about, you know, power control. They don't even hide it anymore. You know, they, they actually, the MSM actually, they act like they're, they're almost happy about people still suffering or dying. From this, it's disgusting. It's unbelievable. You know, then we have Dr. Burt telling us that all these deaths are basically being listed as COVID deaths, no matter what. If they test a positive COVID, they're COVID deaths, no matter what the underlying issues are. You have a heart attack, you test a positive COVID. Oh, you die because of COVID. It's ridiculous. They're just skewing these numbers. It's they're all lying. an agenda. It is. It is. They're, you know, they're lying. They're trying to make it as look as bad as possible because they screwed up their models. You know, they went from. You know, they went from 2.2 million to under 50,000 now. It's like, how can you be that far off? Well, they're that far off, I feel. It was purposely that far off to, again, drive this agenda. That's what I think after my research I've done. I think uh, Fauci and Burks are they're always fighting against the hydroxychloroquine as, as a, as for its usage, and they're always pushing the Bill Gates vaccine. Well, Bill Gates, as you know, he funded a $100 million project I think it was uh, to um, study HIV or AIDS, and Dr. Fauci was the one that headed it up. You know, these people, are, they're, they're in cahoots with one another. They always have been. And I would never take a vaccine from Gates, ever, ever. I'll take, a, I'll take my chances. You know, I eat clean, I work out, I supplement properly. I've been training for 28 years. I keep my immune system strong, I'll take my chances. You know, and, you know the one thing I was joking about today, I think, I think they're so good at you know, labeling these COVID deaths, that they even label Bernie Bernie Sanders' campaign as a COVID death today. So, um, you know, you, you discuss the WHO director. You know, that guy's a disgrace. He needs to resign immediately. You know, that, you know, he has the nerve to then threaten us after he's already been showing support for China and like backing China. You know, I think I think President Trump did the right thing. I think we should pull our money out until he's gone, until he resigns. And then, then we can discuss, you know, maybe maybe re-entering and back to the WHO. But until then, I would I would give him another dime. Uh, the uh, 
you know, we talked about one of the main things we're pushing now, the Democrats are pushing these mail-in ballots. I, I personally don't believe we should even have mail-in ballots at all, except for military. Now, people talk about older people in nursing homes. I think we can set up a drive-thru type service where an older person can pull up, show their ID, get verified, hand them ballot to the to the election official, and, and go along with their business. I, I I do not believe in people sending these in. That's where all the fraud happens. I I, I don't believe in ballot harvesting. You know, Arizona we banned it here, but we banned it without any consequences, which is stupid. You know, so we need to. I think we should we, we need to add, you know, this is a, if we catch you ballot harvesting, this is a felony, and you're going to get jail time for this. We need to have harsh consequences for this, for this kind of stuff. And, uh, and we need national voter ID. We need this. Um, it, it, you know, we can never allow this to happen, that it's mail-in ballots and, and all mail-in ballots. It, it just can never happen. And I personally, I never cared about convenience of voting. I always looked at it as, like, it's a privilege to vote. You know, and and, right. and I want it to be done correctly. I want it to be done correctly and fairly. I don't care how long it takes them to count the votes afterwards. I don't. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be done properly and correctly and fairly. And if I have to wait two or three weeks to find out who wins, so be it. I'm fine with that as long as it's done properly. You know, I don't need all this special electronic equipment where they can they, they can fraudulently. You know, I mean they're all George George uh, uh, George Soros purchase machines. I mean this is his company. They're making these things. <laughs> you know, so if you look yeah. into the background of these machines, um, you know, and, and and you're right. You know, it's it's President Trump has been draining the swamp. He's been trying to drain the swamp. The problem is that I see is, and this may not hold up. You know, Durham Durham may do something about this in bar, but until this swamp goes to jail, we're not draining anything. You know, right? Until there's severe consequences, we're not going to drain anything. So we got to rely on Barr and Durham to do their jobs. We can just pray that they get it done here. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, I, um, I, I want to, I want to get real quick. I want to get, um, uh, stay on with us. I'm, I'm keeping you on, but I want to get, uh, uh, Jim, Jim, I know you have some thoughts. I'm sure. Uh, we got about, uh, I'd say almost about eight minutes left. J- J- what, what do you got? Okay. What, what are your thoughts, Jim? Well, you know, a lot of stuff that we're talking about is, is, you know, these facts, not the statistics behind what we're seeing in these numbers, but we've already proven, that the numbers that we're seeing right now are inflated. And uh, yes. so we have to be careful about what we're saying as actual facts of, of deaths, of COVID deaths, and what's actually the cure. Yeah, we all know. Right. We all know in our heart of hearts. We know the drug is going to be the cure. It's not going to be a problem. But we've got we've already found out that de Blasio and, and uh, Cuomo have been inflating the numbers because if it by a person has COVID, that's what their instructions are because two things – if you don't keep the fear blanket warm, then it doesn't work anymore. The other one is there's federal money tied to every single COVID death. So they have incentivized to it to overinflate those numbers because they need the money. New York is a single-payer health care system where you have, you have a real drain on their society and a real drain on the health care system. They don't have the money they usually have. So these opportunities like this, they have to take these, and it creates fraud within itself only because – they have to do it to stay, stay alive. But on the same thing, I wouldn't take a vaccine anymore, and, and I would really have to really rethink as a parent what I would want to see my child go through. When you, you, There's too many things out there right now 
that don't make a lot of sense, that aren't passing the smell test, that we're all getting a whiff of, right? And maybe this exclusion yeah. from society isn't a bad thing because it's given us a moment to think. I hate that we've shut the society down. But don't get me wrong. I, I tell you right, right now, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you tell me that if you get within 20 feet of each other, you die, you'll explode. Right. I, I'm not going to accept the, the shutdown. But what I'm saying is, is maybe in this moment, because we all have shut down in our blanket of fear here, that maybe we're yeah. getting a chance to think about and see the hypocrisy and the evil that's really all around us. Instead of being tied up in movies and sports and all this other stuff, we've all stopped right. for a second, play with our dogs, talk to our kids, and then looked over yeah. our shoulder and go, what are these people really up to? So there's a great awakening here. Right. There's a great movement here that we should all be excited oh, yeah. about seeing that the Democrats are finally being truthful about the hypocrites that they are. But at the same time, we got to be careful to pump our own brakes internally and don't give in to all that fear because, man, this is, this is the best – China or whoever is ultimately behind this, whether you call it the Bilderbergs or the Rothschilds or whoever or China, remember, right. they got us to all shelter in place without one bullet fired, without one yeah. loud it's word, true. without oh. one harsh it's... word, and we're all just like, oh, boof, we're all in our bedrooms. It's like… Oh. Holy crap, folks! They shot. They 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 killed us all. Absolutely. With the with the sneeze. One hundred percent. So. No, you're a, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. I, I I do got to close the show in about thirty seconds. But Jim, okay. tell everybody where they can find your show and connect with you again. The the Jim Price Show. It's on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. The Jim Price Show five days a week and on the radio on Saturdays. And, and Josh Barnett, where can everybody find you and connect with you, my friend? Yeah, you can reach me at barnettforaz.com, also at barnettforaz on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. Okay, and, and I, could give, I could give each of you 30 more seconds, and then I have to close. Do you guys have anything final that you guys want to say? Go for it, Josh. You're the candidate, man. you got to well, save I, us all. I, think, I, think I, I spoke to Jim about this, and I, I think there's a lot of stuff happening You know, between now and Easter. you got the president always talking about seeing light at the end of the tunnel. He's always talking about Easter. So let's wait and see the news and see what happens between now and then. You know, we don't know for okay. sure what's happening, but I, I feel there's something right. happening, you know. But, and also, Amen, well, you know, you know my situation. We'll talk later about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, go ahead, Jim, real quick. Jim, 10 seconds. Go ahead. Very good, sir. Hey, Patriots, look out for each other. Look out for your neighbors. Look out for your community. We have to do for each other. That way the government doesn't have to do it for us. Live in freedom, not in fear. Absolutely. Well, everybody, um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, we got another big show planned for tomorrow night. Uh, I can't wait to uh, join you guys for that, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. As always, I love you. Um, have a great night. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.